believed in the effectiveness of the one-minute reprimand if he hadn't personally experienced its effect. There was no doubt that he felt uncomfortable, and he didn't want to experience it again. However, he knew that everyone made mistakes now and then, and that he might very well receive another reprimand someday. But he knew if it came from the one-minute manager, that would be fair. That it would be a comment on his behavior and not on his worth as a person. As he headed toward the one-minute manager's office, he kept thinking about the simplicity of one-minute management. All three of the secrets made sense. One-minute goals, one-minute pricings, and one-minute reprimands. But why do they work? He wondered. Why is the one-minute manager the most productive manager in the company? When he got to the one-minute managers, his secretary said, You can go right in. He's been wondering when you'd be back to see him. As the young man entered the office, he noticed again how queer and uncluttered he was. He was greeted by a warm smile from the one-minute manager. Well, what did you find out in your travels? He asked. A lot, the young man said enthusiastically. Tell me what you learned. The managers encouraged. I found out why you call yourself a one-minute manager. You set one-minute goals with your people to make sure they know what they are being held accountable for and what good performance looks like. You then try to catch them doing something bright so you can give them a one-minute praising. And then, finally, if they have all the skills to do something right and they don't, you give them a one-minute reprimand. What do you think about all that? Asked the one-minute manager. I'm amazed at how simple it is, said the young man. And yet it works. You get results. I'm convinced that it certainly works for you. And it will for you too, if you're willing to do it, the manager insisted. Perhaps, said the young man. But I would be more likely to do it if I could understand more about why it works. That's true of everyone, young man. The more you understand why it works, the more apt you are to use it. I'd be happy, therefore, to tell you what I know. Where do you want to start? Well, first of all, when you talk about one-minute management, you really mean it takes a minute to do all the kinds of things you need to do as a manager? No, not always. It just is a way to say that being a manager is not as complicated as people would have you believe. And also, managing people doesn't take as long as you think. So when I say one-minute management, it might take more than a minute for each of the key elements like goal setting. And it's just a symbolic element on term. And very often, it doesn't take only a minute. Let me show you one of the notes I keep on my desk. When he looked, the young man saw. The best minute I spend is the one I invest in people. It's ironic, the manager said. Most companies spend 50% to 70% of their money on people's salaries, and yet they spend less than 1% of their budget to train their people. Most companies, in fact, spend more time and money on maintaining their buildings and equipment than they do on maintaining and developing people. I never thought of that, the young man admitted. But if people get results, then it certainly makes good sense to invest in people. Exactly, the manager said. I wish I had had someone invest in me sooner when I first went to work. What do you mean? The young man asked. 
Well, in most of the organizations I worked in before, I often didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. No one bothered to tell me. If you asked me whether I was doing a good job, I would say either, I don't know, or I think so. If you asked why I thought so, I would reply, I have been been chewed out by my boss lately or no news is good news. It was almost as if my main motivation was to avoid punishment. That's interesting, the young man admitted, but I'm not sure I understand it. Then he added anxiously, in fact, if it's all right with you, maybe I could understand things better. If I could get to some of my why questions. Let's start with one minute goal setting. Why does it work so well? You want to know why one-minute goals work, the manager said. Fine. He got up and began to blaze, pace slowly around the room. Let me give you an analogy that might help. I've seen a lot of unmotivated people at work in various organizations I've been employed in over the years, but I've never seen an unmotivated person after work. Everyone seems to be up motivated to do something. One night, for example, I was bowling and I saw some of the problem employees at work from my last organization. One of the real problem people who I remembered all too well took the bowling ball and approached the line and rolled the ball. Then he started to scream and yell and jump around. Why do you think he was so happy? Because he got a strike. He had knocked down all the pins. Exactly. Why don't you think he and other people are that excited at work? Because he doesn't know where the pins are. Smiled the young man. I get it. How long would he want to bowl if there were no pins? Right, said the one-minute manager. Now you can see what happens in most organizations. I believe that most managers know what they want their people to do. They just don't bother to tell their people in a way they would understand. They assume they should know. I never assume anything when it comes to goal setting. When you assume that people know what's expected of them, you are creating an ineffective form of bowling. You put the pins up, but when the bowler goes to roll the ball, he notices there is a sheet across the pins. So when he rolls the ball and slips under the sheet, he hears a crack, but doesn't know how many pins he knocked down. When you ask him how he did, he says, I don't know, but it felt good. It's like playing golf at night. A lot of my friends have given up golf in it. When I asked them why, they said, because the courses are too crowded. When I suggested that they play at night, they laughed, because who would ever play golf without being able to see the pins? It's the same with watching football. How many people in this country would sit in front of their TVs on a Sunday afternoon or Monday night and watch two teams run up and down the field if there were no goals to shoot at or any way to score? Yeah, why is that? Asked the young man. It's all because clearly the number one motivator of people is feedback on results. In fact, we have another saying here that's worth noting. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. Feedback keeps us going. Unfortunately, however, when most managers realize that feedback on results is the number one motivator of people, they usually set up a third form of bowling. 
but the bowler goes to the line to roll the ball. The pins are still up, and the sheet is in place, but now there is another ingredient in the game. A supervisor standing behind the sheet. When the bowler rolls the ball, he hears the crash of the fallen pins, and the supervisor holds up two fingers to signify you knocked down two pins. Actually, do most managers say you got two? No. The young man smiled. They usually say you missed eight. Right on, said the one-minute manager. The question I always used to ask was, why doesn't the manager lift the sheet up so both he and his subordinate can see the pins? Why? Because he has the great American tradition. Performance review coming up. Because he has performance review coming up? Wondered the young man. Right, I used to call that Mihai Sob, which stands for Now I Have You, You Sob. Such managers don't tell their people what they expect of them, they just leave them alone and then zap them when they don't perform at their desired level. What do you suppose they would do that? The young man inquired, being very familiar with the truth of the manager's comments. So they can look good, said the manager. What do you mean so they can look good? Asked the young man. How do you think you would be viewed by your boss if you rated everyone that reported to you at the highest level in your performance review scale? As a soft touch, as someone who could not discriminate between good performance and poor performance. Precisely, said the manager. In order to look good as a manager in most organizations, you have to catch some of your people doing things wrong. You have to have a few winners, a few losers, and everyone else somewhere in the middle. You see, in this country, we have a normal distribution curve mentality. I remember one time when visiting my son's school, I observed a fifth grade teacher giving a state capitals test to her class. When I asked her why she didn't put atlases around the room and let the kids use them during the test, she said, I couldn't do that because all the kids would get 100%. As though it would be bad for everyone to do well. I remember once reading that when someone asked Einstein what his phone number was, he went to the phone book to look it up. The young man laughed. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. He said he never cluttered his mind with information he could find somewhere else. Now, if he didn't know better, the manager continued, What would you think of someone who went to the phone book to look up his own number? Would you think he has a winner? He was a winner or a loser? The young man grinned and said, A real loser. Sure, the manager responded. I would too, but we'd be wrong, wouldn't we? The young man nodded his agreement. It's easy for any of us to make this mistake, the manager said. Then he showed his visitor the plaque he had made for himself. Look at this. Everyone is a potential winner. Some people are disguised as losers. Don't let their appearances fool you. You see, the manager said, 
You really have three choices as a manager. First, get higher winners. They are hard to find. They cost money. Or second, if you can find a winner, you can hire someone with the potential to be a winner. Then you systematically train that person to become a winner. If you are not willing to do either of the first two, then I am continually amazed at the number of managers who won't spend the money to hire a winner or take the time to train someone to become a winner. Then there is only the third choice left. Prayer. Tad stopped the young man cold. He put down his notebook and pen and said, Prayer? Manager laughed quietly. That's just my attempt at humor, young man. But when you think about it, there are many managers who are saying their prayers daily. I hope this person works out. Oh, the young man said seriously. Well, let's take the first choice. If you hire a winner, it's really easy to be a one-minute manager, isn't it? It sure is, said the manager with a smile. He was amazed at how serious the young man was now, as though being more serious made a person a better manager. All you have to do with a winner is do one-minute goal setting and let them run with the ball. I understand from Miss Brown. Sometimes you don't even have to do that with her, said the young man. She's absolutely right, said the manager. She's forgotten more than most people know around here, but with everyone, winner or potential winner, a one-minute goal setting is a basic tool for productive behavior. Is it true that no matter who initiates the one-minute goal setting? The young man asked. Each goal always has to be written down in a single sheet of paper? Absolutely, insisted the one-minute manager. Why is that so important? So people can review their goals frequently and then check their performance against those goals. I understand you have them write down only their major goals and responsibilities and not every aspect of their job, the young man said. Yes, that's because I don't want this to be a paper mill. I don't want a lot of pieces of paper filed away somewhere and looked at only once a year when it's time for next year's goal setting or performance review or some such thing. As you probably saw, everyone who works for me has a plaque near them that looks like this. He showed his visitor his copy of the plaque. Take a minute, look at your goals, look at your performance, see if your behavior matches your goals. The young man was amazed. He'd missed this in his brief visit. I never saw this, he said. It's terrific. Could I get one of these plaques? Sure. Manager said, I'll arrange it. As he was writing down some of what he was learning, the aspiring manager said, without lifting up his head, You know, it's difficult to learn everything there is to learn about one-minute management in such a short time. There's certainly more I'd like to learn about one-minute goals, for instance, but maybe I could do that later. Could we move to one-minute bracings now? Asked the young man as he looked up from his notebook. Sure said the one-minute manager. You're probably wondering why that works too. I certainly am, the visitor responded.